0: Well, here we go. I often think about the early church. I, I think about the early church and what it was like when they got a letter. When they got a letter from one of the apostles. They they probably were meeting in a church, in a, in a house. They probably were meeting in a house. And you know, there was, there was probably a small amount of people there. Maybe there were 30 or 50. There, there probably weren't hundreds and thousands meeting in a room because they didn't have rooms that big to meet in so the Apostle Paul sends a letter and this group of people get together and they have their chance to read it then that letter is going to be passed on to other churches and they're going to read it it probably went something like this Paul an apostle sent not by men nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brothers with me to the churches in Galatia. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age according to the will of God and Father to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. And I think about then, the people in the room, they were intrigued. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and trying to pervert the gospel of Christ, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. As we've already said, so now I say it again. If anybody's preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. And now, am I trying to win the approval of men or God? Am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. I want you to know, brothers, that the gospel I preached to you is not something that man made up. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. For you've heard about my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many Jews of my own age and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when God, who set me apart from birth and called me by His grace, was pleased to reveal His Son in me so that I might preach Him among the Gentiles, I did not consult any man, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was. But I went immediately into Arabia and later returned to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Peter and stayed with him fifteen days. I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. I assure you before God that what I am writing you is no lie. Later, when I went to Syria and Cilicia, I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the report that the one who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they praised God because of me. It probably went something like that. And so it went on through the whole book until you get to the end of book of the book of Galatians. Grab your Bibles. When you get all the way to the last chapter of the book of Galatians, and I'm gonna wait till you get your Bibles and find it with me. You get to Galatians chapter six and verse eleven, it says. See what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. Probably, until this point, Paul dictated this letter. Probably he had a a secretary who wrote it for him, but now he finishes and he writes the tail end of this letter in his own hand. And because we believe Paul had trouble with his eyes, he writes in a big script, and so probably the person reading it turned he turned it and held it up to all the people so they could see that that Paul wrote this in his own hand chapter 6 verse 11 see what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand And now he finishes I think by reviewing the book he says this those who want to make a good impression outwardly are trying to compel you to be circumcised The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who are circumcised obey the law, yet they want you to be circumcised that they may boast about your flesh. It's why Paul is so upset. He's so upset because he preached to them the true gospel. We we know the gospel. It's the good news of Jesus Christ. By grace are you saved through, through faith that not of yourselves it's a it's a gift of god not by not by works lest anyone would do what that's why immediately now immediately paul says may i never boast see he's he's doing the same thought and and what he wants them to understand is you can't you can't do anything circumcision was just a key word for them for keeping the law and he says you can't earn God's favor by keeping the law you can't do it he says even the people who want you to do this not even those who are circumcised obey the law his point is that nobody can keep the law well enough to get into heaven no one can keep the law well enough to be righteous in God's sight says this very clearly in the book of Romans. No one is justified by keeping the law. Now, the reason, the reason it never happens is because if we were going to keep the law, how perfectly would we have to keep it? It would have to be perfect. You remember he says in another place, in another place in the Bible, it says if we're guilty of the law in one point, we're what? We're guilty of the whole law. And that's why he says, don't let anyone try to convince you that somehow you can earn earn salvation by being good. So I just want to say to everybody in this room, you can't earn salvation by being good. You, You can't earn it. You can never earn God's favor by being good. It isn't like that. You can't earn salvation by being good. You'd have to be perfect. That's why salvation is so wonderful because there's no possible way we ever could have done this. Okay, he says that. Then he says this. Verse 14, May I never boast except in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. This verse is just packed. So I just want to unpack it tonight. He says, May I never boast. And that word boast is a, is a very hard word to define. You say, well, I think I know what the word boast means. Not this word. This is a very unusual word. And, and it has a really wide meaning. So I, I wrote some of it down because I, I wanted to remember. This word means to boast or to glory or to rejoice in. To revel in, to live for. All of that's inside that word. It ca- it's what captures our attention and takes our time and energy. That's all inside this word boast. John R. Stott says it means our obsession. It's our obsession. May I never be obsessed about anything. Captivated. May the thing I live for Mind, I live for nothing else than the cross of Jesus Christ. And when this was read the first time in the first church back in that day and age may I never get excited, may I never boast, may I never take joy in anything except the cross of Jesus Christ. See, time has changed how this reads. And that's because you and I We think of the cross as a sacred symbol. But that's not how they thought of it. We sing a song that says, Oh, the wonderful cross. Oh, the wonderful cross. No one back here would have ever sung that song. Never. Because the cross wasn't a wonderful thing. The cross was a terrible symbol it would be kind of like us singing oh the wonderful electric chair oh the wonderful electric chair you say well no one would sing that no they wouldn't it would be like a black man seventy five years ago singing oh the wonderful lynching oh the wonderful lynching no, Nobody would ever do that, and that's why the phrase is so amazing. Paul says, I don't want to ever boast about anything except what Jesus Christ did for me on the cross. I don't want to have any attention driven to me. I don't want to live for the things other people live for. I don't, I don't want to live for the other things that, that people live for. They, they live for their jobs and their careers. Paul says, I don't want to do that. I want the thing that's out in front of me to be Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. I think Paul would have loved that we use this passage tonight. He would have loved it. He says, may I never boast except in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me and I have been crucified to the world. It's interesting. There are three crucifixions in this verse. Did you ever notice this? First, there's the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, the cross of Jesus Christ. We're supposed to take note of that. Paul wants us to take note of that. He wants us to take a look at the fact that Jesus Christ died. I think he wants us to think again about that he was there in our place. Paul's captivated by this idea that Jesus Christ is taking his place on the cross, and it's, it's not an honorable, it's a curse. To be on the cross is a cursed thing. And Paul's marvels in the fact that Jesus Christ is there in his place, that all that pain that's going on, it belonged to Paul. He saw himself as the worst of all sinners, some of us in this room, we have a hard time seeing ourselves as the worst of all sinners. We think actually as it goes, we're not the worst of all sinners. But Paul really saw himself as that. So he's, he's captivated by this thought that Jesus Christ died in his place. But it's not the only crucifixion in this verse. There are two other crucifixions. He says, I boast in the cross of Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me. He says, first there's the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. But then, he says, it's also true that the world has been crucified to me. That's interesting. Now when he says the world, I think he means the sinful society in its whole. And and I think what he's trying to picture is that the cross is like right here. And Paul is here. And the world is over here. And Paul says, because of the cross of Jesus Christ, because of what's happened there at the cross of Jesus Christ, it's like the world is dead to me. The world's way over there, and I'm way over here, and I have nothing to do with that. The world holds nothing for me. I don't think like they think. I don't live like they live, the world and all that it is, that's dead to me. And then he says this, he says, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me, and I have been crucified to the world. It's an interesting phrase. How's it work? Works like this. Got to go back to Galatians five. In Galatians chapter five and verse twenty-four, it says this those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Now, it's going to get a little complex here, but here we go. Who's doing the crucifying in this verse? In chapter 5, verse 24, who's doing the crucifying? Come on, who's doing it? We We are. Do you see that? Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature. It's something we have to do. Go back to chapter. Go back to chapter two. Here's a verse we we uh, we know. Lots of us we learned it when we were younger. Is a verse we used to always memorize when we were younger. In chapter two, verse twenty, I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Who's doing the crucifying there? Are we doing it? No, we're not doing it. That's something that happened to us. Do you see that? Something happened when Jesus Christ died. That's what Galatians 2 is talking about. When Jesus Christ died, we died with Him. That's what He's talking about in chapter 2. But that's not what He's talking about in chapter 5. In chapter 5, He's talking about something each one of us need to do on our own. In chapter 5, he says, Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. This is something you and I have to do. And here's why. Because there's something inside us that's drawn to do the wrong thing. Something inside us wants to do the wrong thing. Quick quiz. How many of you agree with me that there's something inside you that tends to want to do things that are wrong? Sometimes people say this isn't true. I've talked to a few people and they say they never want to do anything wrong. And I think, wow, you're nothing like me. I really seriously think that. You are nothing like me. Because I'm telling you, there's something inside me that wants to do wrong. And I think a lot of you in this room, you think, I know what you mean. I, I, sometimes I wonder. You guys sit around all day and you're just perfect. You just never have any bad thoughts. Then I look at some of you and I think, nope. (laughs) I know. Say, what's he saying right here? He's saying, hey, Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. He gave us a chance to have a different kind of life. But now every day we must pick up our cross. What's the next word? Daily. Every day. Every day. We have to say, nope. That part of me that wants to do evil, I have to kill that part of me. It's like every day we have to nail it to the cross, or every day we have to make sure that the nails are still holding fast. Because there's something in us, no matter what we say, there's something in us that has a tendency to go the wrong direction, doesn't it? Paul said, I don't want that in my life. He said, here's what I want to. He said, I don't want to live for anything. I don't want to boast about anything. I don't want to be passionate about anything except one thing. I want to be passionate about Jesus Christ and what He's done for me. So in Galatians 6, let's finish it out. He says, may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me. We've been pushed apart. We're not on the same team anymore. And I, I'm crucified to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is a new creation. What we need is God to do a work inside our hearts and make us different. That's what we need. Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule, even to the Israel of God. Finally, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear in my body the marks of Jesus Christ. It's another interesting word, that marks of Jesus Christ. It's a word that's sometimes used for brands. Brand, like when you brand an animal. Brands, it was used of what they did to a slave. He says, I've been branded. Branded a slave of Jesus Christ. It's also a word that means marks like from suffering. He said, "I." there's a cost to be paid when we follow Jesus Christ. Paul gets to the end of this book and he reviews it and he says here, here's the thing, no one can earn salvation. It's all about what Jesus Christ has done for us. He has to do a work in our heart because if he doesn't do it, it will never happen. And then Paul says, because of that, I want everything to be about Jesus. I want everything to be about Jesus. I don't want to be any more like the world. We've parted company at the cross. The world divides, the cross divides humanity. There's a group of people who follow Jesus Christ, and there's a a group of people who reject Jesus Christ. And he says, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ.'" And I'm willing for everybody to know it. I'm willing to stand up and pay any cost for that to be true. And now the only thing that matters to me is bringing glory to Jesus Christ. And that's what each one of us is supposed to do. We're supposed to come back to the cross tonight and realize that Jesus Christ, He hung on the cross in our place. And now nothing matters except that Jesus Christ is glorified. Nothing else matters. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Now, I want us to sing a song together. I want you to get your hymn books, and I want us to sing a song. I want us to sing page 185, and I think you'll know why I do. You wonder where songs come from. Let's stand and let's sing the the first and the second and the last verse of this song together. Deacons, you make your way down to the front while we sing. Here we go. When I survey the